Welcome to Reconstructed Faith, a podcast where we talk about truth you can build your life on. We hope to dive into the hard conversations of life and faith and seek out reasonable, substantive answers. My name is Colson Lechner, and I am joined by Chris Sherrod, Chris Legg, and Brent Starnes. This is Reconstructed Faith. Welcome back to the Reconstructed Faith Podcast. My name is Colson Lechner, and I'm not alongside any of my regular partners in crime, but I do have some friends, uh, some ladies who are on staff with me here at South Spring. Uh, we have Kim Weber, uh, Carly Manuel, and we have Mary Lee Knowles. Ladies, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks Happy for having here. us. Thanks, yeah, for thanks for asking. Wonderful. Um, we've we've kind of gone through different uh like series, quote unquote, what we've talked about on the podcast. Most recently, we went through kind of a discussion of sexuality and uh, sexual immorality and stuff like that in relation to deconstruction and what the Bible actually talks about and stuff like that. Um, One thing that we're hoping to continue doing is just hearing people's stories of deconstruction. And what we mean by that is, okay, if you've had a, you know, a, a crisis of faith or a big question that's that's kind of called your faith into question. How have you wrestled with that? Or maybe how have you seen other people wrestle with that? Or if you have friends or loved ones who've kind of walked through deconstruction and who do not believe anymore, how do you interact with them um, in an encouraging way? Not necessarily like, how do you interact with them and be a friend? Not, Not like that, but like specifically if you're thinking about faith related things and you're engaging with those conversations, how are you doing that? So that's kind of, that's kind of where we're at. So that's kind of the prompt for today. Um, and so I'm going to throw it over to Kim to get our uh, conversation going, but what did that prompt, uh, prompt in your brain? Yeah. So the first thing I kind of thought of was an experience where I, I don't know. I mean, if I would even reference this as a deconstruction, but just was wrestling with, okay, how do I take in this new information in light of what I know that I believe about who God is? And so I was a pretty new believer and I knew that I had faith in the Bible and I knew I had faith in Jesus, but I still was wrestling with things that felt very worldly or with friends. So sorry, let me get more specific, but Um, I was having a conversation with my sister, who's also a believer, and she was just, I don't remember how it came up, but she was talking about her church and how there was someone in her church who was seeking membership. And after talking with different members, uh, the person's membership was essentially kind of denied. Not that that person was denied from the church, but the membership was denied because he was actively without repentance, walking in a homosexual lifestyle. Um, and that conversation had gone back and forth and it had been for over several months with several people. And there were times where he was like, no, I want to be all into the church. I understand that this is not right, but he was still wrestling with that himself. So anyway, that was happening at her church. I wasn't involved. I didn't know all the details, but when she told me this, it was really unsettling because I had come from a very, come from a more liberal background. And so I had a, a lot of experience with people I loved deeply who had a lot who lived a lot of lifestyles that you wouldn't find very common in the Christian church or things that we would call sin um, when people are aware of and um, are able to repent from these things, from these sins. Um, Can I interrupt you real quick? Were those people members of a church still? Like, were they members of a church? No, the people that I'm talking about are not Christian by any means. I just didn't know if that was also like, oh, this didn't really add up in my mind or something like that. No, that's a great clarification. No, these are just people that I loved and had walked life with when Mm -hmm. I was a 
believer in Jesus, but knew nothing about theology. So, um, I wasn't relating to them to Christianity all. That was a me thing. And I was, I was in a state of, Oh, good. Whatever's good for you is good for you. That's awesome. But as I was learning more about scripture, it felt tugging at my heart or like almost irresponsible to then walk into the world and have my same opinions that I had before I knew Jesus or before I knew scripture, I knew Jesus. I didn't know what he taught about a lot of things. I didn't know what God believed and wanted for us, wanted best for us. And so anyway, she told me these things and I had this, it felt like that deconstruction tug because I didn't want to just buck against my sister and say, no, that's wrong. How could your church do that? Cause something inside of me, the Holy spirit was saying, well, maybe that's not right, but I don't know enough. And I don't know how to have this conversation with you. So I was like, Hey, I need to go pray about this. Look at scripture about this, but it really bothered me. And I had to, I studied a lot of scripture after that. And I texted my sister. I said, Hey, send me some of the references and things that your church is using as reasons to deny membership. And she reaffirmed to me, like, we are walking with that person still, and we are walking with them. But to be a member of this church, we believe that you need to acknowledge your sins acknowledge that Jesus is enough to cover your sins, repent of those things and walk in newness of life. And I think it just really was a struggle for me because really a lot of what y'all have been talking about on your homosexuality series and sexuality series about like, okay, well, I don't know. Is this a natural thing? Is it just whatever else? Like those were the things that I was tugging against. Mm. But the more that I dug into it, the more I realized like, okay, like you guys are talking about in the podcast, it's like my foundation is on Christ. Mm -hmm that next level to understand what I believe my worldview then needs to be the Bible. And so if I get to a point where I encounter something in this world where I don't know fully what to believe, like I, I need to consult the Bible if that's what I believe. Like I think where deconstruction can go off the rails is when you just start to think like you keep thinking or you keep consulting people that might not be in the word or things like that. Um, so anyway, that's what came to mind when you asked that question. I think that's, that's good. What, how old were you when that was kind of, um, when you were wrestling 22. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It was after college. Okay. Yeah. I got you. So putting y'all on the spot, but w- do you, f- when do you feel like, um, and anyone can answer this first, but when, when did you feel like your faith became your faith? For me, a lot of it was like college choosing like, okay, well, am I going to, am I going to go to church? And then why am I going to go to church? And why do I actually believe these things? Cause I, so I grew up in like a, uh, my parents were missionaries. So like we, we did these things and I just grew, grew up going to church mm-hmm. and, you know, being involved in ministry, not giving it much of a second thought. And so there were times in college for me that were like, have I just been doing, like, have I just been doing this just for the sake of doing it? Is this just a, my, my family thing? And that kind of felt really unsettling for me of like, is this real? Yeah. You know, kind of a thing. I don't, I don't know. Mary Lee, maybe you, I can throw yeah, it over to for you sure. first. For sure. So I grew up in a church um, and was baptized as a toddler um, and like came to know the Lord my, like, going into my freshman year of high school. Um, but there was not really any like discipleship or like spiritual growth at that point. I would say I was a believer Um, but I didn't know what that meant. You know, I like Mm -hmm. my life was relatively easy. I didn't go through many trials or anything. And it wasn't until my freshman year of college where I was on on my own. And I think the thing that really brought me to being a disciple of the Lord was all of the things that I had held onto as identity throughout my whole life in high school, like going into college, like I was the smart one. I was all of these things and being a Christian was kind of one of those things on the list 
all of those things that I had clung to as identity got stripped away from me. Um, mm. Just because I went to a really competitive college and I was no longer the big fish in the small pond. You know, I was like, mm -hmm. oh gosh, who am I anymore? Like now that I'm on my own, what are the things that I'm choosing to value? Like what are the things that will define my life? And that's kind of where I came to the realization like, oh, like the Lord is it. Like yes. the Lord is the most important thing in my life. Like only through the Lord and by the Holy Spirit, am I able to do anything? Right. Um, and so that was really the pivotal point in my okay. life. And so I was rebaptized at that point. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. I, so I guess, so you went to UT, mm -hmm. correct? I did. And did you study political science? I did. I okay. studied government and minored in religious studies. What was, was there any difficulty with your faith maybe being called into question at all, going to a school in Austin mm -hmm. and then studying politics? Yeah. Did you feel like that was unsettling for your faith at times? Did you feel like not really? Or did you feel like it was more affirming in some ways? I, um, I kind of all three, to okay. be honest. Um, there were some, obviously UT is like a more liberal school. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like at UT, I met the people that have been the most on fire for the Lord my whole life. Um, there's something I think really sweet and refreshing. And I would encourage any Christian who like is in the Bible belt and everyone they know is Christians of like go, at some point in your life, surround yourself with non-believers yeah. mm. or surround yourself with people who are not just like Christian culture Christians. Cause I think that's what we see. And I feel like we all see this in Tyler and in Texas and wherever of like, mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of the family and culture I grew up in too, of like, we celebrated the holidays. We've valued Christian morality and Christian ethics, but like what was the relationship with the Lord like? Yeah. Um, and I think being in a culture, in a environment where nobody cared, nobody cared what my morals were. I was not judged. Mm -hmm. Um, if you could have done whatever you want, I drank or cursed or anything like that, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that was a really cool way that I was able to reorient my faith mm -hmm. and kind of put like the most important things first. And yeah. not just like the Christian practices and like yeah, going yeah, to yeah. church on Sunday. Like if I skipped church on a Sunday, nobody cared, you know, mm -hmm. that was not thing, a thing that everyone around me valued. Mm -hmm. so. Okay. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to switch gears. I'm going to throw it over to you, Carly, because I know just from being on staff and hearing, I, I don't know exactly when, but just hearing like that you've, you've experienced a lot of close friends who you love walking away from faith. Mm -hmm. What does, what did the initial prompt, where did that take you? Is it more personal? Is it more relational? And kind of where does that yeah. go? Yeah. I, when I first heard you talk, you bring up the subject of deconstruction mm -hmm. or when I hear anyone talk about it, typically the first place I go is thinking about close friends, specifically from college who have walked away from the faith and, um, up until college, I honestly didn't have a lot of close Christian community. Mm -hmm. Um, I oftentimes was the only believer in my circles leading mm -hmm. up until college. Um, specifically thinking about like my high school, I was the only believer in my friend group. Um, and even before that, so college is the, was the first time I had a Christian community that was mm -hmm. really, um, formative and consistent and, um, beautiful. And then shortly after college was when a lot of those close friends started to walk away from the faith. And, um, there are so many different factors I think that play into that. And I think deconstruction and how people come along to deconstructing their faith, especially in the last few years, um, it's just a, 
it's so varied. Um, sometimes it's because of what happened with 2020 and COVID and just like people seeing um, just terrible things in our world and like deciding that they're not going to choose to have hope anymore. Um, or sometimes it's okay. We, we got out of the Christian bubble that we were in and we re-entered into a new environment. A lot of my friends from college, they moved to different countries around the world and they were in a totally different culture and decided that, um, the Christian faith was more like specific to our culture in America. And that's not what they wanted to keep going with. Um, so there's so many different, I would think reasons for why people, um, choose to deconstruct their faith. And I know you mentioned earlier when we were talking before this started about how it's important to deconstruct in a way, um, so that Mm -hmm. we can rebuild, our, um, our theology and our foundations and our thoughts about faith, Mm -hmm. um, on what is true and not just maybe what we grew up with or what we've been surrounded by. Yeah. But when I think of deconstruction, I think more of like specifically people that they say, Oh, at a time in my life, I claimed to believe Mm -hmm. this. And now I no longer hold that to be true at Mm -hmm. all. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like some of those people want, like, do they, do they want to believe in Christianity and they just feel like they can't? Or do you feel I, like it's like, oh, this is an opportunity to not. And so I'm yeah, not going to. I think to. a lot of them, um, they, they would want to or like to believe in God or mm-hmm. like the idea of God. But Some sort specifically, of higher power. yeah, higher power. But specifically when it comes to things in Christianity that mm-hmm. confront culture today, mm-hmm. that is where... I think a lot of them have decided, okay, this draws the line. Like yeah, a lot of them care about, um, yeah, just things that the culture cares about today. And mm-hmm. it, it doesn't align with what the Bible says in a lot of ways. And so mm-hmm. they've decided to go more with culture than, than truth. Yeah. Do you talk with a lot of those people still? For sure. I do. Um, but it's not, at the intimate level that we used to, it's Mm -hmm. not as often. Um, whereas I used to be like an insider. Now I'm an outsider in those circles and it's hard because we're all spread out. Oh yeah. 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 Absolutely. It's people from high school, people from college, people from, you know, even the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. So you're saying you were also saying that you were kind of the only Christian in your friend group, even in high school. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like the, did that make it easier? Like to transit, like, did you feel like from an early age, your faith was kind of your own mm-hmm. in that way? Yes. So did you, did you wrestle with things at an early age? Yes. Or was maybe. it like, I honestly, or, um, it's hmm, a good question. I think just honestly, by the grace and goodness of God, I have not really had a season that was devastatingly confronting my faith. Uh Um, just small, maybe along the way questions Uh of, I I know as, as a young person, um, one of the things I struggled with was I, I became a believer at the age, like four or five. Mm -hmm. I do not have a lot of specific memories about that. And so, one of the first things I had to confront as I started to learn more about like what it meant to even share your testimony and mm. like, 
incorporate that into evangelism, I had to confront like, oh, I can't not, I cannot tell you the day I was saved. Like mm-hmm. is, how important is that in yeah. my testimony? And um, a lot of reasons why that was a struggle was because I thought that my salvation had a lot more to do with me than, mm-hmm. than actually what Jesus has done for me. And so as I grew in maturity and faith was able to say, Oh yeah, like it's okay that I don't remember the day I was yeah. saved. The Lord does. And mm-hmm. I, I can point back to specific moments in my early childhood where I felt the presence of the Holy spirit and yeah. him guiding me and, and, and evidence of my faith and my mm-hmm. works based off of my faith okay. um, that proved that. But yeah, as um, a young kid and, and middle school and high school, I think being the only believer in my circles in a lot of ways strengthened my faith because it taught me very, very early on in my life that my purpose is to treat every environment that I'm in as my mission field. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even as early as like seventh grade, I can have memories of mm-hmm. looking at around at my peers and thinking like, okay, this is my mission field. Mm-hmm. Like, how am I going to present Interesting. Um, the gospel today um, okay. with my life? So I think, I don't know. I think a lot of people are scared in the Bible belt to like go out into different environments where they are the only believer. Um, but I think that it's also really beautiful what you can see like, God do in those mm. environments. Yeah. And that, that kind of reminded me of what you yeah. were just saying, Mary Lee, of like being surrounded by somebody who thinks differently than yes. you do. I think those are, I think those are good. And it can kind of be, if, if you have grown up in a place where you mm. feel like you have not been challenged, then you can kind of go into areas where you are being challenged sort of on shaky ground because you're like, okay, have I just believed this Mm, because the people around me have believed this. And so, yeah. Is my identity rooted in something else, you know, or is it rooted in this? Um, You all did the forge program, correct? Mm -hmm. So the forge, if you're not familiar with it is a, it's a program kind of leadership based kind of, I know right now their, their mantra is kind of like, is it faith worth following? Yeah. And so, um, I'm, I'm sure that there are a lot of moments from that. It's like a nine month program at a, at a local camp here in, in East Texas. Um, but basically like, w- were there instances from a discipleship program in your life that were like, this was good because I was challenged in, X or Y. And if there's nothing, then I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely putting you on the spot. If you're yeah. like, eh, we're straying yeah. from the topic, we can kind of bring it back. I think the forge for me, I wasn't super like theology challenging. Mm-hmm. It was a ton of personal growth and personal development. Okay. But I think as far as like deconstructing, reconstructing faith, I did Not a lot of that much. in college. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Same for y'all. Would you say that? Yes, but I think that. There are, I feel like I can look back at that season of life, which was about five years ago for me and Kim and know that there are so many things that have come up in the last four years that I am so much quicker to be able to respond to, um, based off of 
truth, scripture, Mm -hmm. and just wisdom and discernment because Mm -hmm. we kind of already confronted all of those things in that year. Can I put you on the spot and ask if there's anything that comes to mind? Yes. Um, I, I mean, even thinking about like we had a class about specifically evangelism, like thinking about the class that um, Chris shared which mm-hmm. if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have heard yes. um, who Chris shared is, but he taught one of our classes and um, there are things from his class that I feel like I have never heard before. And I'm trying to think of like specifics. I don't know if there are any specifics coming into your mind of what's but there, helpful. but there are things, but even that just like worldview maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. like of like thinking about um, post modern era that we're in and like having an understanding of where Christianity is today, where we're going, um, has been helpful in this season. But I, yeah, I don't know if there's anything very I mean, there's nothing for me. I mean, I'm also trying to think of specific things in our forge year. I know there were several people that did wrestle with deconstruction. Um, and it was hard because I feel like if we walked into the forge and you had that development of like, Hey, I don't know what I don't know. Or Mm -hmm. I might've thought wrongly about the things in the past, but like Jesus, my foundation, the Bible's my foundation. Like, I don't know. That's how I was, was like, just teach me things. Just keep throwing things at my brain. Let me understand. So that way I'm equipped in eight months when we leave this program to know what these Mm -hmm. things are. So like, I'm like, fill up my database, whatever. Mm -hmm. There are some people who walked in and I think hadn't faced some of these deconstructing things, had never maybe even thought critically about some of these topics. I mean, Mm -hmm. like I can imagine some of the listeners to this podcast are coming into certain episodes being like, whoa, I don't know if I'm ready to listen to that topic because I haven't thought critically about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think there were some people that when it was a fire hydrant of like, we're talking about the Holy Spirit now and we're talking Mm -hmm. about this topic of theology, um, it kind of rattled them a little bit and Mm -hmm. they were forced to like step back and be like, I don't know that I believe that, but I don't know what I believe. And I, I think it was even though it was a healthy environment to deconstruct because there were so many people to support you, so many awesome theological leaders, a lot of like Mm -hmm. wisdom and leadership. I think it was also probably a hard place to deconstruct if you hadn't before, just because it was a fire hydrant of information. So it's like, you might be like, I'm going to step away from this topic. And then you get pelted with other theologically Mm -hmm. deep topics. And so Mm -hmm. I saw some people that I know in the forge in our year and other years after just kind of wrestle with that type of environment. But I think it goes to like, Again, everyone's going to be so different, whether you grew up and you were saved at four or like me, I was saved somewhere in my college years and wrestled with things after college, like Mm -hmm. whether you need to leave the Bible bubble that you were in and go into a more secular zone. I think it's just so dependent on who you are. And that's Mm -hmm. why I love that you're even bringing on different voices now, because we all have the three of us have completely different stories. Yeah. 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 So kind of going back then to, okay, you guys have whether you've gone through deconstruction or in a way deconstructed your faith and what you believe and then have rebuilt. Um, you probably have, I mean, I know that some of you for sure have friends who have deconstructed and walked away and Carly kind of hit on this earlier. What, what have been some specifics of what you've heard of like, this has been like a big item for somebody to say like, you know what, this, I don't, I don't like this. Um, and then, th- then they've walked away. Do you, can you, do, do any of those come mm-hmm. to mind is like, yeah. these are really big things that people are struggling with. Um, 
and maybe they're like people people actually want to have dialogue about it and it's like people actually don't yeah so i don't know what what comes to your mind mary lee you're yeah. nodding um a few different things really um i think homosexuality is a big one that i helped girls walk through in college okay. not even girls who are struggling with same-sex attraction but just girls who are struggling to reconcile like if god is loving mm. this seems unloving you know, and I even had friends who were believers say, if I could change anything about Christianity, it would be homosexuality. Like the Bible's view of homosexuality. And like, that's just a hard thing. And I think those were girls who were mature in their faith and mm-hmm. like were submitting to scripture as truth. But mm-hmm. they were like, this is just something that's hard it's for me. It's really hard. Yeah. And I think also, um, I mean, the three of us are women, like did a lot of walking through like the Bible and God's view of women mm. um, and what that means. And I think, I think of one conversation I had with a girl specifically who like she even admitted, she was like, I just feel defensive when I read scripture about women, mm. you know? Um, That's really interesting. Yeah. And I think it's a lot of like, we bring our own cultural understandings into our like Bible reading, mm-hmm. which partly is unavoidable just because right. like our understanding of the world shapes everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I went th- to, a really healthy church in college. And we studied through first Peter and the part about wives submitting to their husbands. After that, I led a small group through my church in college. And after that, I got so many texts of like, Hey, want to meet for coffee this week? I'd love to talk through some things with you. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And so okay. I think. Were those like, were those good conversations? Do you feel like a lot are... of them were? Yeah. Okay. A lot of them were like girls. I was already had relationships with and already discipling. Okay. And a lot of girls just coming to me humbly of like, I don't understand this and I want to. Mm. Um, but then I did have, I knew some people who were like, defend yourself kind of, yeah, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Very cool. You were, you were, you were saying kind of a, from a liberal mm-hmm. background, what do you, what do you feel like as far as people that you've known, have they been kind of from that liberal background who have deconstructed and kind of walked away. I don't, I don't yeah, know. Not if, necessarily. I was going to say there's like different things. Like this isn't even necessarily on the deconstructing zone, but mm-hmm. I still have an audience with a lot of my friends from college and, um, get to engage with them and, um, have good conversations about the faith. Um, and so, but it's hard cause they're not believers. So it's not really deconstructing, but I get to see what are their barriers to even listening to me? What are their barriers to faith and where, where are their preconceived notions about faith? And a lot of it I've seen is really like, and I know Chris is big on this on, uh, sorry, Chris leg mm-hmm. on words and definitions, but really just misdefinition. Like when I get the chance to actually, like when someone on social media that I was deep friends with in college will engage with me. Um, and a lot of them would consider themselves very left-wing politically, very anti-Christianity because they think it's hateful. Mm. Um, a lot of them, once I explain, no, it's not really about this issue. It's more about like how I'm defining life or how I'm defining identity. Like here's where I get my identity from. And that's why even in this, like, uh, it's not a debate. It's not an argument. Even this conversation, this dialogue, um, I'm not going to be torn down by the words you're saying. I get to engage practically. And so, I don't know. I feel like that's not necessarily deconstruction, but just a lot more me, like getting to show them that not all Christians are what they perceive as hateful or they perceive as whatever. But I was going to say, um, things, people that I've seen who have deconstructed, um, sometimes it centers around judgment, and like perceived judgment that they have once they start to see things about sin. And I, I don't know, part of me thinks that's the Holy Spirit convicting them of their sin and they don't like it. It feels icky. Like 
being a believer is difficult. Sanctification mm-hmm. is God's will for our lives, but it is not meant to be easy. It is icky and difficult. And seeing our sins is icky, especially if we have the Holy Spirit, because God does not like our sins. And so we're going to feel that same ickiness that he feels about them. And so, but that I think people conflate those verses about like, don't fully understand things in scripture that we read about judgment and other things. And so Mm. um, some people that I've seen walked away, it just has felt too heavy for them um, and too much. And I don't know what the cause of that is. I don't know if they dove in too quickly, if they have a lot of church hurt, like, I don't know Mm -hmm. what that is, but that has really pained me and hurt me when people have either taken a step back and then have a more watered down faith or have just walked away entirely because they just can't handle it. And people out there, people outside of Christianity um, seem more loving. Um, mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that's been some of the sadder people, like experiences I've had with people walking away. Interesting. Interesting. Anything, anything come to mind for you, Carly, as far as specifics? I know you mentioned, yeah, I know you mentioned, I mean, even in 2020 of like things coming mm-hmm. up and mm-hmm. that might've even stirred in people's hearts of like, yeah, I just, I just think back to one of my really good friends in college and I think he just had been very poorly churched. Yeah. And then that just kind of led to like, oh, I mean, mm-hmm. this kind of, I like the concept of this. It's just yeah. really, really hard. I mean, the first thing that came to my mind was when people come to this realization um, based off of, of experiences that they have had in their lives, where out of all the people in their lives, when they needed people the most, Christians weren't the ones to come mm. to the rescue or they weren't the people there for them. Or when they had questions, they were met with like confrontation. Mm. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like when they think about the most loving people, they don't think about Christians. Right. They don't put them into that category. That's an interesting point. Yeah. Just kind of carrying on. And not to say that that's, there are many, many, many faithful believers that are right. loving people well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think it's hard when you hear people that are on the outside of like your Christian bubble or your community mm-hmm. that aren't believers and mm-hmm. what they perceive is believers are, are not loving them well or, yeah. or people that don't fit into maybe like their mm-hmm. community. Yeah. Which is so hard as like a friend who's a believer too, because there are moments where I'm like, I know the thing I'm about to say or the thing I'm about to do or the way that I'm going to intervene is mm-hmm. might not seem loving. And there are some times where you can, you can skirt around things a little bit and it's still like you're being a faithful witness. Cause you want, you don't want to lose that, that person. You don't want that person to lose you as a confidant mm-hmm. because you mm-hmm. want to have influence in their mm-hmm. life. But there are some moments where I've had to like, there's nothing, there's no other way I can respond to this. Mm -hmm. And then they walk away from you. Mm -hmm. And that's when it Mm -hmm. gets really like soul crushing of like, I was actually doing something more loving than that other person. Mm -hmm. But you have the right to choose, you have the right to choose Jesus Mm -hmm. or not. You have the right to choose your community or not. You have the right to choose what path, what worldview you're choosing. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's hard too when, uh, I think this happens a lot in our in our current culture is if you're not willing to affirm, yes, um, mm-hmm. and then and so it's like where where we believe like hey we can we can love and then also bring the truth of the Bible with that, mm-hmm. and that might be in conflict with what you say that you're grounding your life on or something mm-hmm. the 
the difficulty I feel like comes when you're like, okay, look, I, I don't believe what you're doing is right according to the Bible. And it's like, well, then then you hate me if you cannot affirm what I believe. And that that can get tricky mm-hmm. relationally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. Is there anything that comes comes to your mind, Mary Lee, of like what they were saying about yeah. maybe a lack of empathy uh or perceived empathy from the you know, from the church at large, people who are outsiders who are looking for help or something Mm -hmm. like that. I don't know. Yeah. I think I had a few thoughts. I think with what Kim was saying, something I have thought about and wrestled through is like people who like, and this is essentially the parable of the seeds of like people who come to know the Lord and then realize like, Oh, my life is not getting any easier. In fact, Mm -hmm. it is just getting harder. Yeah. And I came to the Lord thinking he was just like Mm -hmm. another treatment for my anxiety and it's not working, you know, or like I thought this was the good life and like, life is not good. Life is harder, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's just like a mm-hmm. life a, is, yeah. Life is still hard. It's not easy. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I'm being asked to do all these things and give up the comforts that I had before, you know? And so, um, yeah, what you had said just made me think about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where discipleship is so important yeah, because absolutely. it's, you need older believers to be like, okay, this is normal. Here's how we go through it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I think with what Carly was saying, something that was convicting to me um, is I think even oftentimes when like Christians do do loving things, like when Christians like provide meals or like provide services and then immediately follow with like come to church, it mm-hmm. almost like immediately discredits it. It just is like, mm. oh, this was like sleazy salesman oh, now. Okay. Just like you're kind only like being loving. Uh-huh. Like you're only being huh. loving because you want me to join your club or whatever, you know? Interesting. And so, but I think there's such a fine line between like the most loving thing we can do for someone is to tell them the truth, you know? And like, we know that the truth, scripture says that the truth will set you free. Like the yeah. truth is good and it's exactly what we need at all times. Mm-hmm. But when people are weary and downtrodden and discouraged, yeah. sometimes they just need like practical love. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, this is something that the, all believers should the wrestle first with. thing... Yeah, that I thought of talking about this specifically is the book, The Gospel Comes with a House Key mm-hmm. and thinking mm-hmm. about when we love others. And I think I can think of a lot of people in our community that do this well. So yeah. when I say that these things, it's <laughs> not like I'm trying to, um, I don't know, speak negatively of yeah. my Christian community. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, when we are trying to love others, specifically those that might be deconstructing or that do not um, identify with being a Christian or a believer. Um, Are they, when we try to love those people, are we inviting them to our dinner tables or Mm -hmm. are we inviting them to our program? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if they don't feel like they belong at a seat Mm -hmm. at our table, at our home, then they, they're probably not going to want to get involved with other things. Mm -hmm. And I think that is like a good place to start or even a question to ask yourself is Mm -hmm. like, would this person feel welcome at my dinner table? Even Mm -hmm. if the conversations we're having at that dinner table are me Mm -hmm. confronting something in truth and love and saying, nope, I believe something different. Like they're going to receive that a lot differently at the dinner table than they are when they're sitting in a pew listening to a sermon. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Reconstructed Faith. If you enjoyed what you heard or were challenged, please leave us a review. It'll help other people find us. If you have questions or a topic you'd like to hear discussed, shoot me an email at info at southspring.org. 
Reconstructed Faith is a resource of South Spring Baptist Church. Remember, don't give up, trust God, search for answers.